obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is. This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. So on a quest to interview as many breeders of different sheep as possible, I have for you today on the Sheep Show podcast a hunter. Her name is Natasha or Tash Hollar from Black Pond Stud. Hey, Tash. Hello, Jill. (laughs) And um, we'll have another podcast with Tash and you'll find out what, um, what Tash is doing here with me. But. Today, we're going to really focus on the sheep that Tash has and help you listeners to understand a little bit more about Hampshire Down sheep. And I know if you're in the US, you will love this because you have a lot of Hampshire Down sheep if you're listening in the US. Of course, lots of other sheep too, but focusing on Hampshire Down. So Tash, first of all, tell us a little bit about your background and your farm. Where do you farm and what do you do on your farm? Uh, so I went to a school called Elizabeth Murdoch College and there I learnt everything about sheep. There's an ag program there um, and from there I fell in love with the Hampshire Downs mm. and from there I started my own small little stud based in Langwarren. Uh, we only have two and a half acres but we share uh, some land with people across the road Uh, they let us use the land so we've got some sheep over there so all up is about five acres of land Um, we're showing our sheep and breeding and selling our sheep and all that sort of amazing awesome stuff indeed and not just doing that but winning significantly winning some serious uh black ribbons which are big business over here in Australia these sheep with the show ribbons so which is just fantastic and how how many years have you been have you had your stud uh so this year we would have been doing it for six years so we're up to our sixth breeding yeah uh so we're fairly new uh on the show team and 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 breeding and all that but then probably four years before that at school. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, so from 2015 to 2018, I was doing the sheep stud at school and I was the stud master, so I was leading a small team of Hampshire Downs and showing with the school. So Excellent. Yeah. All right, so, and any farming earlier than that in in your life? Uh, no, but we found out recently that I have farming background in my genetics 
uh, far back as my great grandparents and wow. all that. So with beef and and cattle and and sheep as yes. well. Excellent. What age are you, Tash? I'm 21. 21. Great stuff. And what are you doing at the moment? I'm doing a, a Bachelor of Veterinary and Wildlife Science at Federation Uni. Okay. So I'm in my third year. Right. So nearly finished. Nearly finished. Wow. And what 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 do you think the future might hold for you in terms of uh, your career? Um. So I'm really interested in veterinary pathology. Mm. So going down that path, and yes. I've been offered an honours year uh, at the end of this course. So yeah. I'm hopefully going to go down that path yeah. of veterinary pathology in the lab and yeah. and all that. Great stuff. That's amazing. So Hampshire Downs, you're in love. It's obvious. Tell us a little bit about Hampshire Downs. What's the background or history of Hampshire Downs? And what what can you tell us about them? And then we'll, we'll talk more specifically about what they're used for. But where do they come from? Uh, so they're a heritage British breed. So they've been in Australia from about the early 1800s. Uh, they are great sheep to breed. <laughs> um, people probably know them from the movie Babe. They're oh, in wow. that movie. Um, Slay, I didn't know that. So they're the black and white sheep in Babe, closer to the end of the movie. They come in. Yeah. I've got to watch that movie again and check them out. Oh, gee. And they're actually, they're not animated sheep in that movie. They're real sheep. They're real sheep. Yeah, they're real, actual real sheep. And was that um, in Britain? It was filmed in Britain, wasn't it, that that movie? Um, I believe from what I've been told, it was actually filmed in Australia. Oh, wow. With Australian Hampshire Downs. Yes. There you go. Great stuff. And is Ham- so they're a heritage breed, but are they an, an original breed or are are they a mix of other breeds to get Hampshire Down originally? Uh, so they are a mix. So uh, Jill has a, a joke <laughs> with me that they come from Wiltshire Horns um, as their heritage. So it's quite good to yeah. to read about their heritage and where they've come from yeah 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 great stuff yeah and um quite downsy in the wool yeah yeah it's quite a coarse wool yeah uh, compared to your corridors or merinos yeah it's quite coarse yeah it's quite coarse yeah so any does the wool have any commercial value for you as you're breeding your your sheep uh, there's minimal commercial value in the wool, but the wool can be used in socks and carpets yes. and and mattresses and, and yeah. mattresses yeah. and that yeah, yeah, yeah. Of... So where they need coarse wool, yeah. yeah, 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 where they need coarse wool. Great stuff. And um, what made you, you? You mentioned that they're just um, you know amazing. So what made you want to breed them? Apart from obviously growing up with them at school but what what made you because you could have chosen there were more than Hampshire Downs at school you could have went yeah. with so what made you go with those uh, I just love their personality they're nice mm. and calm and gentle and we have big rams that are about 150 kilos and when we're showing them they just fall asleep in our arms so they're quite calm well they like that like all the time would you say it's yeah. not just that you've kind of 
you know, they got to know you or you've called to train them and, and train them. They're actually like that. Yeah. As an animal. Yeah. They're not likely to headbutt you when you're out in the paddock. Yeah. So that's, that's a good thing. And that's something that I love about the hampies. Yes. Their calm nature and personality. Yes. Yes. So uh, are, have you ever seen like a flighty kind of scared Hampshire down like anywhere? Like you, cause you, you've been to lots of other Hampshire down breeders, their properties. When, when you went to their paddocks, the Hampshire downs are like, Oh, look, a human. Yeah, they can be a bit flighty if they've okay. come from the paddock, but if you handle them and yeah. work with them, they will actually come quite good fairly quickly. Yeah. Okay, great. So really uh, and okay, so the wool is no commercial value. So in Australia, what are these sheep bred for? So commercially they're used for their meat and in the Hampy Association there's a big breeder in New South Wales, Kinross Hampshire Downs, and they are breeding their sheep for the Wagyu type of sheep. Um, They're getting good money for their meat. Yeah. Um, This is someone who is getting $100, $100 Australian dollars a kilo for their, yeah, for their Hampshire Down meat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And using Hampshire Down in a lot of crossbreeding as well, aren't they? So, yeah. Because with the British influence, Hampshire Downs, just describe what they look like because not everyone might have seen them. Describe what they look like and then what's good about some of those aspects. Um, so their faces and their legs are a black to brown coloration and their their body and parts of their face uh, is white or cream colored wool color that can run down their legs so they're a real mix of Mm -hmm. color um the big commercial farmers probably don't like the hampies when they're shorn because they can get the black pigments in the wool that can affect that quality but meat quality eating they're quite good shape yeah. And they're fast growing lambs. From weaning, you can have them at 45, 50 kilo. They're very fast growing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? You know, that that's, you know, sometimes with British breeds, you, you tend to get a more moderate growing animal, more hardiness and more longevity. But the Hampshire Downs have got that real vigor about them. Yeah. 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 And you find that even from birth, don't you, that the, the lambs are quite vigorous and energetic and. Yeah, yeah, in the early stages. Yeah, yeah. great stuff. So meat, really, we're, we're talking about a meat sheep here. At, you know, at the end of the day, that's yeah. really what what it is. Yeah, 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 what it is. Yeah, and even your comments there, and in that, um, you know, about the the wool, perhaps even though it's coarse, it can have other challenges. You know, at, at a commercial level, and the blackness on the feet, so quite black feet. What does yeah. that mean for a breeder? Um. So. They can get some feet problems in the wet weather. They can get quite soft feet, but in the summer or dry properties, they're quite hard-wearing feet and you don't really have to par them or do any maintenance at all with them. So that's good. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. 
Beautiful. And of course, if they're nice and docile, then they're easy to handle, easy to shear. And you were even telling me today that they don't even need, like some of the ewes don't even need crutching because the wool is quite short, you know, after. So you might have shorn them in, say, June. And then by that, so that'll, that the wool won't grow too much before you lamb in August. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. Obviously, if you if they're only shorn once a year, may have to shear like crutch them yeah uh, but other than that they're pretty mm-hmm. good birthing yeah. and yeah and great stuff yeah yeah good stuff and I mean some you mentioned how big they are so 120 kilo rams what about a ewe what's the size of a, of a typical ewe like a fully grown adult ewe uh, usually they range between 70 to 90 kilos depending on yeah your genetics and how big you want your sheep. Yeah. Uh, the main thing with the hampers is you put them out in a paddock and they will eat and they will grow. <laughs> you don't have to give them much and no, they will grow. They will grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're good thrivers, good doers. Mothering, how would you describe them as, as oh, their mothering? Yeah, really good. They're, I've had a ewe that has fostered on her half-brother and and fed her half brother while he was also drinking off his own mum. So wow, yeah, very good mothers. Yeah, yeah. And again, I guess if you're docile with humans, you're probably docile with lambs. And you sort of, you know, you're you're easy to, you know, to manage. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Is there any sort of special equipment you need for Hampshire Downs at all? Would you say in terms of infrastructure or? Um, shearing unit, obviously, to shear the sheep because they grow wool. Um, and also paras to clip their feet and ear tagging. Yeah. You need to ear tag your sheep here in Australia, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in Victoria with the RFID requirements and, Mm. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually across Australia now. Yeah. It does come in this year. So, so all across Australia. Um, now you mentioned King Kin Ross, obviously the biggest Hampshire Down stud and breeder in in Australia. But there are quite a lot of smaller studs, aren't they? It's it's quite a popular breed, and a lot of the schools have them as well. Why do you think? What what's unique about them? Is it is it how cute they look? Like they're like little teddy bears almost, aren't they? Is, is that what the appeal is? Is it the meat is so good? Why do people like Hampshire Downs? Um, I think it's just their versatility. So mm-hmm. you can have them, you don't have to feed them a lot and they will grow and they're easy to take care of and mm-hmm. you don't have to really do much for them and you'll have good sheep to look after. Yeah. Wow. So, so they're quite, even though they're a wool sheep, they're actually quite low maintenance. Yeah. So, and even when you described your property, you know, even if you've just got a couple of acres and maybe you can borrow a few more, you can actually, I mean, you're, you're, this is a commercial venture now for your family, isn't it? With yeah. your sheep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And they're, they do command a good price, don't they, as well? They're actually, in Australia, they're, <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, not, they're not, they're not cheap, they're not stupid expensive, but. No. Yeah. Uh, so I've bought a ram that was fifteen hundred dollars Australian, so that's probably the lower end of mm. the market at mm. the moment for a hampy ram, and the ewes can fetch a good price too. Jeez, 
that's pretty good if you're you know if you're looking at costs per acre or how much you can generate per acre when you're selling stud rams at that sort of price but again yeah. that's because there's a demand for them as well isn't there so yeah. when the price is the dem- when the demand increases the price often increases so it's good it's a testament to to how well that they're doing um we're really talking up the Hampshire Downs here it sounds like it's too good to be true is it are there any cons is there anything that you know is perhaps just a shortcoming of the Hampshire Downs do you think um so talking with uh, some farmers that I know they don't like the hampies because of their muffy faces and in Australia we have a lot of grassy um, grasses that have seeds and all that sort of stuff that get stuck in their faces and that can be hard to maintain. Mm. So does that mean that they could get things like um Fly strike, pink eye, because of that sort of grass seed in the in the face. Yeah, they can get pink eye, and yeah, I've had a few cases of fly strike, so yeah. that can be a bit of an issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? No perfect sheep yet. No. The Hampshire Downs come from pretty close. Yeah. Um, you know, some animals are more prone to ca- being cast, like over on their back and not being able to turn around. Hampshire Downs, pretty upright kind of yeah. <laughs> characters. Yeah. yeah, if you leave them in too much wool, then you probably get a bit of risk for that. Yeah. But other than that, they're yeah. pretty hardy animals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that good? So they grow fast and they, they do well. What about things like their teeth, their bone, all kind of as you would expect with sheep, nothing? Yeah, everything yeah. normal yeah. With, yeah. with their structure. Yeah. And, teeth yeah that's good yeah that's That's good good. yeah yeah yeah. again generally with with you know a hardy sheep you're going to get that sort of um how what would you say is the oldest Hampshire down you've got on your in your farm um so I have an eight-year-old now uh she's just living out her days we think she has a bit of arthritis in her back legs uh, but I've known some people to have nine, ten-year-old yeah. ewes. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, they can live yeah. for a decent amount of time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and that's probably a, an average for most sheep Yeah, as well. What about any pests, diseases? Are we looking at just the normal run-of-the-mill sheep stuff? Like, you you know, there are some um, birth defects you see in some sheep and things like that. Anything Hampshire Down-wise? Um, they can have a few birthing if, issues if they are a bit overweight, um, but other than that, mm. they get their usual worms and yeah. and all that, but everything else is normal. Yeah. How are they on fences? Uh, fences, if you have strong fences, then they're pretty good. Uh, they can rub up against it okay. and they will get stuck on the fence. Yeah. Uh, but nothing unusual really there either yeah 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 okay cool so um they're they're not I mean they are they escape artists do you have any of yours escape uh no we don't have any escape artists that's pretty good although my original sire he's known in the community he Escaped at Barrack Show and run around at Barrack Show. Oh, wow. Uh, so there's a few 
people in the sheep shed that had to go chase after him. And then when we got him home, he jumped over the fence twice. Uh, he stayed on the property fence line. Thank goodness for that. Um, but, yeah, he was over 100 kilos jumping over oh. a, a decent fence. So it was quite interesting to see a ram uh-huh. jump over a fence. Whoa. And was he just scared, do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think he was just scared. Yeah. Just the adrenaline and the scared and everything. Yeah. yeah. But that was like the only one you've seen do that sort of crazy antics. Yeah. It's not a normal Hampshire Down thing. No. They don't have sort of inbuilt kangaroo legs or anything. No. No. He's the only one that I've seen. Yeah, do that. Yeah, of course. It's not a normal thing. Um, any structural flaws or breed faults? Like, for example, I think with, correct me if I'm wrong, Hampshire Downs, they should have like a woolly scrotum, right? Yes. So do you, I mean, do these sorts of things come up structurally or breed characteristics where you get stuff like that, where they, I mean, again, we're talking here about perfect looking Hampshire down, all the different elements it should have. Probably it's not going to make much of a difference if he's got wool only. I'm thinking there must be a reason for the wool. If the wool is supposed to be on the scrotum, like for us in our breed, we, that is one thing we absolutely do not want. Yeah, no wool on the scrotum. We've got a, 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 she- a shedding sheep. So structural flaws, first of all, let's talk about this wool. Um, Any known structural flaws or is it just typical, the typical sheep things? There's a few sheep in the hampies that they can be a little bit lower on their pastins oh. in their feet, uh, but I have been breeding my sheep to make sure that they're good on their feet and mm-hmm. structurally they're sound. Uh, but, yeah, there's a few breeders out there that haven't picked up on that oh. and they haven't learnt it and the judges at the shows haven't picked it up, uh, but I won't name any No, names. no, 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 no. That's It's just, yeah, we're just talking about the sheep breed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see that in other breeds too and I can't believe judges don't pick up on it. But I think sometimes if you get the woolly feet on the sheep, which sometimes you're going to have on a Hampshire Down, people don't see it. I've seen it, I see it, I've seen it on Corriedales where I'm thinking that sheep's got low pastures and it's just one, you know, but the wool on the little the little sort of sock almost, it's yeah. um, camouflaging it. Thinking, wow. And what's the goal with the woolly scrotum? I'm not sure. It just grows there. It just grows there and it's yeah. supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably um, an, uh, some sort of an argument for temperature regulation, you know, because with, um, yeah, the, the, the sperm is produced and then produced in the testes and then stored up. I'll have to just check that now. But there could be just something around the keeping it warm. If you know why scrotums in some breeds should be woolly and why scrotums in other breeds should not, message me, let me know. I really need to know this. We can pass it on to Tash. <laughs> um, if you think about where you got your sheep from originally, I know this is kind of hard because you got them from the school originally, um, but is if there was one thing that you know now, six years on, from having your stud that you wish you would have known six years ago, what would it be? What is one thing that has helped you now that you thought, God, if I only knew that six years ago? 
Um, probably nutrition of the sheep. You've mm-hmm. got to watch out for nutrition and don't overfeed them and don't underfeed them. Um, yeah, check them daily yeah. with their feed requirements and, and all that. So let's talk about that then. Given that you're on small acreage and you've got reasonable amount of sheep, so we were probably running four or five to the acre, something something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty, that's pushing it a little bit. And you've talked to me about in some some of your paddocks, like there is no grass. I'm interested what do you feed? Now, given that Tash is a stud, just bear this in mind. She's a stud. She does a lot of showing. What do you feed them, if you're willing to share that with the listeners? And um, I'm interested to know, because you've got quite a strict regime, haven't you? You've, yeah. You know, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I'll start off with the grain and feed that I give them. So they get a mix of food. So this is all all of them, so the lambs, rams, and ewes, they get a mix of lupins, barley, and ewe supplement, which is a palleted uh, nutrition palette with minerals and that sort of stuff in it. And a little acidosis buffer as well. It would have an acidosis buffer in there. Yeah. And then with that, they get some oat and chaff and lucerne chaff. We mix that. And then depending on the time of year, we give them uh, pasture hay and then lucerne hay, depending on who we're feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, the ewes are usually on a strict diet over the summer. They get a bit too conditioned. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty conditioned, so they yeah. go on a diet over the summer. This year it hasn't quite worked out. They've held their condition. Yeah. Uh, so they pretty much went out on the paddock. It had grass in there. And we just fed them once to twice a week. Um, With that same mix? Yeah, with that same mix. Uh, There's variations in the mixes depending on the number of sheep and and who we're. You measure it all out though, don't you? Yeah. You calculate it all, measure it all. Yeah. Yeah. So you do take a very scientific approach to it all. Yeah. So through the school I learned how to mix grains and hay and and will that make a balanced diet for the sheep? Yeah. So we've made a little calculator on the computer and Yeah. Yeah, it's quite what would be a tip a tip that you could share with someone about that who maybe hasn't looked at nutrition and a balanced diet quite in scientific. What would you say? What could they start with? I mean, is it is it just, you know, seventy percent fibre or thirty percent grain? Is it something like that? Or what would you say? Um, well, I learned of there's a big study with merinos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the study, what it's called, but it's it's online and it gives all the different requirements that the sheep need during the year, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the ewes they did the testing with. Uh, so they look at pre-joining, then joining, lactation, and then after lactation, so weaning. Yeah. Um, they go through all that. And they look at dry matter per day and and all all that. Mm. So you basically then use that study to make your decisions for your sheep. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also a feed calculator app um, that it has like a sheep and a cow on the app, 
Um, I think it's just called Feed Calculator okay. on the App Store. Yeah. Um, and we use that as well as what I've learned from this study with yeah. the merinos. Wow. And that Feed Calculator app, the, the, is it to make suggestions about, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you can put in three different feeds. Yeah. It will give you the dry matter and, and all that yeah. calculated for you. Yeah. Uh, but the limitation of that app is you can only put in three feeds. Okay. Whereas we're doing more, more than that. Three. Yeah. So we've yeah. had to use the information from the app and also the study to make our own feed yeah. and nutrition calculator. Yeah. And your, I mean, a lot of the time we, we I know I've talked on the, on the podcast before about introducing animals to feed like this slowly, but yours are on this pretty much from a lamb. Yeah. So their rumen is very conditioned and imprinted to this sort of feed. Yeah. So when the lambs are born, we have uh, hay feed bags that go in with the ewes and we lower the food tub down to the lamb's height so um, they can eat with mum and yeah. they learn to eat the food. So they're yeah. quite they're quite used to the food from a young age. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you make sure that each you, for example, in the paddock or each ram in the paddock gets the right amount? Uh, so with the scoops and the, the mixes that we do, we mix it up individually each night and we base the scoops off the number of sheep in the paddock. Mm-hmm. So we will adjust it depending on how many sheep are okay. in the paddock. So you're just thinking, okay, if we put it out, there's enough room so each sheep can come to that feed area and they're eating at, at the same amount because they're eating at the same speed, same time as any everyone else. Yeah. 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 Great stuff. Yeah. So so it's it's simple, I suppose. You're not going into individual sort of pets or whatever. No. no. Yeah, so quite simple. Yeah. yeah. Great. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think that's hopefully helping people just to see there's different ways of doing it, very sort of scientific. And if I find that study, maybe I'll pop it in the show notes for, for people to perhaps have a look at. So I was like, yeah. it's a really good, interesting one for people if, if they want to take that more sort of scientific approach. Yeah. Okay. So uh, imagine now um, you've been given a blank check and you can go and you can buy yourself a U. I'm sure down you, of course. What do you look for? What would be the perfect you for you if you were going to buy a you now for your stud right now? What would that look like? What would you be looking for? Uh, so the first thing that I would look at is her feet. So are her pastons nice and tall? Um, and then I would look at loin length because they're a meat sheep. Yeah. So uh, you have that triangle of money, I call it. Uh, from the last rib yeah. down sort of to their uh, shoulder of their back legs. Yeah. Um, so you want like the most, hip almost. Yeah, hip bone, yeah, you want the most amount of meat you can in that triangle. Don't you, to get that longer loin, that's something yeah. that you have as your, one of your individual breed objectives. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously nice width and loin, but you can struggle having length and width. width. And something that we've noticed um, with our sheep, you can struggle to have long loin and a good rump on them. 
Ooh, so it's, it's kind of compromise. Yes, yeah, so you sort of got to go for the middle for you, ground. Which which do you think? Which do you go for? Um, so at the moment in our stud, we're trying to get a little bit, a little bit more meat. Yeah, over their back end because we've got the length of loin in our shape. Okay. So we're trying to get. One thing at a time. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. That's really good advice, I think. So if you're going to do this breed for something specific, look, do try and do one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can come back and do the second thing after. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. That's great. So now you're going to shop for a ram. You got a bigger blank check. What do you look for in a ram? So similar things to the year, I'll look at. Uh, his feet and check that he's all sound there because he has to go over the ewes so he's got to be strong in his feet to jump the ewes and mm-hmm. get them pregnant and then obviously the loin and his back end and the meat in that yeah. area because he's got to pass that on to his progeny yeah okay great stuff so so you're really looking for the the carcass qualities which we know are heritable and what you're looking for in your breed objectives and trying to get that in a ram. Very yeah. sensible. You know what you're looking for and then you know what, when you go shopping if it's got it or not. Yeah. Correct stuff. I mean, for other people it might be things like um, docility or, you know, these sorts of things, temperament, but you've got that already. So yeah, you know, the whole gene pool of, of the Hampshire Downs, so that's, that's so, so good. Um, what do you think people misunderstand about Hampshire Downs? Are there any sort of misunderstandings or mistakes even that that people make with Hampshire Downs when they're breeding them? I'm not sure with that one. Um, Maybe some people misunderstand their their wool and don't really understand that it's a, a coarse of wool. Yeah, so they're expecting because it's all shape. Yeah, expecting that wool to perhaps have more commercial value than it does, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think wool right now in Australia. I don't know what it's like in the US, but in Australia, unless it's wool, wool like proper wool. Merino, you know, if it's a goat, cashmere, you know, Angora potentially, but cashmere probably more so. Basically, it's not really worth worth anything. No. <laughs> what do you do with the wool that you get from your sheep? Um, so we've been trialling out, putting it out in the garden bed and <laughs> using it as mulch because we can't really sell it. Yeah. yeah. And how's that going? Yeah, it's, it's working okay. Yeah. You've got to do something with it. Yeah. Because yeah. it takes up a lot of space when you've got sort of the quantity of sheep that you've got. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great stuff. So if I was thinking about breeding Hampshire Downs and maybe they haven't bred them before or maybe they're looking at breeding it for a um, like a 4-H program in the U.S. to, to show a Hampshire Down because they do a lot of showing with Hampshire Downs in the U.S., uh, what advice would you have for them if they're thinking of starting off with a Hampshire Down? Um, probably just start off with the lambs and get them trained well. And yeah. from there you can work with your rams and your ewes and, and tame them. Yeah. Uh, if you're 
starting off with the lambs are probably a little bit easier to handle in the long run. Huge. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And, Tash, when you think about your sheep journey, because you're 21 and you've pretty much got 10 years of sheep experience under your belt and those black ribbons, um, who has been the most influential to you on your sheep journey, would you say? Uh, so definitely Peter Baker with his white suffix and corridors. Uh He's been a big influence uh, with me through the school and then even after mm. school he's taught me a lot with structure and meat quality and all that awesome stuff with sheep. Yeah. And then my main influence with the campiers is Helen Raven. Uh, she started me off with a ram uh, and a few years, so I'm so happy that I was able to sell her some years last year and she's going to take my genetics on in her stud. Isn't that amazing? That's so good. It's so good to collaborate like that, you know, and, and even though you might be standing next to someone in the show ring, there's, you know, there's so much you've got in common, way more in common than you do in um that we have a difference, and I think that's so, so good. Great stuff. Wonderful. If um, anyone wanted to get in touch with you online or through social media, how could how could any of the listeners get in touch with you? Um, so probably Facebook is the best yeah. uh, go with us. So Black Pond Hampshire Downs, um, you'll see our page. We don't have our logo up yet, but we do have some photos on our page of showing and yes. and all that with all our ribbons yes so. and your lovely sheep yeah <laughs> great stuff and i'll link the um facebook U- uh, url in the show notes as well so anyone can get that as well thanks so much tash fun talking about hampshire downs have you had a good time on the sheep show podcast yes i have thank you so much uh thank you i really appreciate for for you talking to me so thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sheep Show podcast. Please take a moment to share this episode via your podcast app, email, or social media channels. Each share helps us reach listeners just like you who can benefit from our sheep-focused content. Let me know how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Until next time, sheep well.